A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 71 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another really fun episode in store today. With me, as always, my co-host with the high ceiling and the high floor, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's up, man? Dude, I'm hyped. This episode is going to be great. This is one of my favorite episodes we did last year, and... You get to it again. We'll do it every year. I think it's a big hit. It's a lot of fun. Been a busy weekend. I know we're coming to you a day late, but it's all good. And I'm excited to be here. And it's going to be a great show. Yeah, this is the time of year to do some of these fun. You know, it, it'll be informative too. I think, or at least I hope. Uh, but yeah, just the time of the year, like December, we're, we're going to be ramping up our, you know, our ranking stuff pretty soon here. Probably right after the holidays. So this is the time of year just to get some of these fun little episodes in early to mid-December, and this one's going to be a really fun one. We did this one last year. It was, I th- think it was one of our first five episodes, I think. It was like f- episode four, episode five, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So we're going to do it again this year, but uh, before we into that, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I am at Eric Cross 04 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both of us. And we've been pumping out a ton of stuff over there. A lot of bonus podcasts going team by team, top prospect rankings, a lot of articles and, and early 2022 rankings excuse me, as well. So check all of that out. And of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcasts, SB Streamer. Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. So let's get right into it. We are going to do our projected top 25 prospects two years out. So this kind of 2023-2024 off-season timeline here, two years from today. Uh, we, we did not do consensus this time. We did, we did consensus last year, but this time we thought it would be a little fun just to give our own personal top 25s. We have not seen each other's honest. Swear to God. Uh, so this will be kind of a little fun interaction for, for, for both of us here. 
Let's go over to Chris first. Chris, who do you got at 25? <laughs> I'm going to start out with a bang and go with a player that probably the average person may not have heard of yet. You may if you're if you're deep into prospects. But this guy's in the 2023 draft class. He just finished his sophomore year of high school. And that's Max Clark. They call him the natural. Max Clark has these beautiful flowing Goldilocks. He's just got everything going on. He's kind of like Joey Weimer in a sense. And he absolutely, I was just going to mention that. I'm like, yeah. he's no Joey Weimer with the hair, though. Yeah, that's true. Weimer, Weimer's hair is, yeah, Weimer's hair is something else. Yeah, Clark is a pretty special talent, and he may be like that unicorn of a prospect. It's kind of crazy to think. Think back to the draft where like Bryce Harper came out, and Bryce Harper was like that that once in a lifetime talent. This kind of feels like what Clark could become. He is elite, and uh, Nathan Rohde over at uh, Prep Baseball Report, he comped him to Corbin Carroll, but he said it doesn't even really fit because Max is bigger and stronger, has more power, way more upside. And we see what Carroll's done. Carroll's got a great field to hit. He's got great speed. And Clark pitches as well, which is kind of crazy. He's is a sophomore, fastball touch 93. He had a curve, slider, and change, all pretty solid pitches. But, I mean, his his – Future definitely seems like it's in the outfield. I mean, from the outfield, he clocked 92 miles an hour throwing. Uh, his highest exit velocity this year was 103 miles an hour. So a sophomore in high school hitting the ball that hard. He has some elite bat speed. His 60-yard split or six, yeah, 60 yard split times are incredible. Great speed. He's like the next five-tool guy that I think is going to be a complete stud. And so at this time, and, and we're talking about this will be two years from now, right? No, three years from now. Or sorry, two years from now we'll yeah, be looking. Two years from now, yeah, yeah. So Clark will have probably debuted in the complex level at that point, but I just think he's that good where he is going to be a top twenty-five prospect. We'll see how it develops. I know it's crazy thing a soft to throw a sophomore in high school already at that level, but that's how I feel about Clark. So yeah, go over to you, number twenty-five for you. Clark is a good one. I almost put him in here. He was one of the it was one of the last ones I cut out. Uh, so definitely a great pick there. I'm gonna go over to Baltimore. Got a, I stuck into the tail in here. Kobe Mayo. I really love this kid's setup at the plate. The power is just immense. 6'5, 215 frame. That's a really strong frame with some projection. And you know, coming into the draft, it was, was kind of like similar to what people kind of were saying about Jordan Walker was like, all right, the power is there. Absolutely. There were some questions about the hit tool, the approach, pitch recognition, so on and so forth. But Mayo answered all of those questions in his first taste of pro ball, 319, 426, 555 slash nine home runs and 14 doubles and 216 plate appearances. Strikeout rate was under 20% walk rate. Well over 10% even added 11 seals. Again, that was rookie ball and low a take that with a grain of salt, but I think he could add like, you know, five or six steals annually to go along with 30 plus home runs, solid average, big OBP as well. And he's going to be playing in Baltimore, good hitters park. You know, he'll be facing the ALE, so a lot of good hitters parks there too. So good environment for him. So I think he's just going to be a middle of the order stud that Baltimore really needs. They don't, they don't really have a middle of the order stud right now, obviously, you know, Cedric Mullins is there, but he's not really, he doesn't really fit that middle of the order stud role, but I think Kobe Mayo could, uh, he'll probably be up in, maybe he debuts late 2023, but I don't think he exhausts eligibility yet. So Kobe Mayo is my number 25 over to Chris for 24. 
All right, another guy that has not played professional ball yet, but this guy will be in the 2022 draft class. He's a college bat. He's pretty dominant, and there's talk about him being the first overall pick in next year's draft, and that's Chase DeLauder uh, from James Madison. Now, he really burst on the scene this year. 2020 was a strange year for him, obviously, because it was the COVID year, but he's, I mean, he still hit 382 in a short sample. Only played 26 games last year at James Madison, but he still hit six, homes, six home runs, stole seven bags. Here's the crazy thing. He walked 25 times, struck out just 14 times, 128 plate appearances. That sets him up for a 386, 508, 723 slash 1231 OPS. Pretty nuts there. He went on to dominate the Cape as well, which is a pretty good indication normally. And he hit nine home runs in the Cape and 146 plate appearances, stole five bags, 298 average, 397 OBP there. He's easily a plus runner. His clock times are really good. He's very disciplined at the plate, as you can tell by his walk numbers. I mean, his, for his career at, in college ball, walked 10 more times than he struck out. And at the Cape, he walked 21 times to 18 strikeouts. So pretty impressive there. He has a beautiful swing. He makes great contact. I think there's above average to plus power coming. I, I, we don't see it yet, but you, he shows that easily plus raw power i think and that is coming with time the game power we'll see so chase delauder will be a name to know as you continue to prepare for next year's class you look into next year's draft class his name will be popping up a lot and so chase delauder at number 24 chris remember when we were talking about that player that i was gonna be mad about you being higher on than me <laughs> yeah yeah do it the no i i'm gonna give a little spoiler here i have delauder on my list considerably higher it's it's gonna be a a loud statement where i have the ladder ranked here but i am just like all in yeah i've got a good many guys in the 2022 draft class and they could honestly fit all over the board so yeah it's it's a fun class it is a very fun class uh my 24th person here is james triantos who has caught a lot of buzz recently um absolutely I, i won't say dominated but showed very well in his professional debut, the Cubs shortstop prospect. They have so many. Uh, this I think you're, this is not the last Cub you'll see in this list. I can guarantee you that. Um, but in 25, excuse me, 26 games. No, 25 games. I was right there. 109 plate appearances. Hit 327, 376, 594. Seven doubles, six home runs, added three steals in those 25 games. Yeah, didn't strike out much at all. Well under 20% K rate there. Good feel for hitting. It's very beautiful swing. Very compact, quick, powerful swing. Now, he posted some uh, on his Instagram. If you're on Instagram, go check out his page. He has some like, video of him in the in the cage. It's just a thing of beauty. Uh, very powerful swing. Very, you know, but also controlled. Like he keeps himself, you know, keeps the hands in. Really whips the bat through. Um, love his swing. I think there's gonna be plus power here. I think it's gonna be above average hit tool. And, you know, he's not a burner by any means, but I think there could be some solid speed here. Maybe he's just an average runner long-term, but I think he's really going to stand up with the bat, be, you know, a 275-plus, 25-plus type of guy from shortstop that can also add, you know, 5 to 10 steals annually. Not like a ton of projection on the frame, but I think he's going to grow into that 25-homer pop. He might not have it right now, but I think he's going to grow into it. And, might be, you know, the next great cub that everyone can love out there in the Windy City. So, James Triantos, number 24 for me. Chris, who you got at 23? That's a good pick there with Triantos. A lot of cubs talent here. This is 
the only other 2023 drafty I have, actually, I might be lying. I don't hold me to that because it's not. I have another. <laughs> I have another one. Sorry, this. I've I've gone through so many players trying to figure this out. Right. I've gone back and we we both went back and forth. For we recorded over and over and over. Obviously, not telling each other who, but all right. This is actually, I think, one of my three. So this will be the second of the three 2023 guys. This guy's from Wake Forest, third baseman Brock Wilkin. Uh, Brock had a pretty solid freshman year, just dominated from the power standpoint. He had 17 home runs last year in 47 games. Hit 279, 365 OBP, and then he went to the Cape and was the MVP of the league, hitting six home runs over 36 games and slashing 302, 430, 519. Impressive plate skills. He, Unlike DeLauder, he doesn't walk more than he strikes out, but he still has good plate approach, in my opinion. He uses the whole field well. He has easy raw power, barrels the ball consistently. It just seems like Wilkin is kind of that guy. He's kind of reminds me of like maybe Brady House to an extent, but a little more developed at this point, obviously, because he's in college and a field to hit. But you'll be surprised because I have House a good bit higher. But, you know, Wilkin, similar frame here at 6'4", 225, big boy. I'd, I'd actually say House is a little more athletic, but still the power here is undeniable with Brock Wilkin. And he's a guy that you're gonna, just going to know more and more, even though he's not eligible till 2023. I still think that he is a potential, like, six overall type prospect. So he's a, he's a standout and one that I think could easily crack this, even though he will be drafted not long before these rankings would technically be released, per se. That's another good one. I, I can't ever to hear the name Brock and not think of Paul Heyman. Any of you wrestling fans out there, Paul Heyman just yelling, Brock? I just can't hear the name Brock and not think of that. <laughs> um, my 23rd guy, my first pitcher, first of how many pitchers do I have? One, two, three, my first of three pitchers on here. I'm still incredibly high on Mick Abel. This might be a little bold, but I'm still fully on the Mick Abel bandwagon. I didn't have the, you know, Best year statistically, 443 ERA, 121 whip, K rate, uh, but the K rate was still right around 33%. Walk rate was very, very high, though. That's something I did not see coming. Granted, he's 19 years old, first taste of uh, you know full season minor league ball, so there are some adjustments to be made, obviously, but I didn't think he'd be have this walk rate well above 10%, but I do think that's going to come down you know, as he matures. I think there's a good chance for average to have average command and control, in this profile uh, with a good feel for all four pitches that he can miss bats with fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, fastball, curveball, and changeup. I think all could be above average to plus pitches. Slider is very solid as well. That flashes above average. I think, you know, I see a lot of Steven Strasburg in him. It's hopefully without the injuries. Just like a, a big righty that can miss bats with all four pitches. Uh, so I'm still thinking that he's going to be a frontline type of starter, even if the, Kind of the buzz is cooled on him a little bit while it's kind of risen on other guys like Yuri Perez, for for example. So, uh, great time if you're in dynasty leagues. Maybe you can get him for a slight discount if you can do it. So I'm still 100% on the front line, Mick Abel bandwagon. So uh, he is my number 23. Chris, who you got 22? I'm gonna go with an arm as well, but I think it's a guy you'll actually be higher than me on, and that's Daniel Espino, who I think we both absolutely kind of fallen in love with this past year. Going back to the draft in 2019, he had one of the best fastballs, and that's only kind of solidified. Fastball consistently gets around triple digits. I mean, it's a plus-to-double-plus pitch, in my opinion. Absolutely nasty slider. Solid change in curve as well. Good arsenal. 
And, you know, while Espino's numbers weren't like completely gaudy this year, he was still really good in in low A, 42 innings pitch. He had a 338 ERA and even lower fifth, which I actually think is pretty encouraging. The walk rate was a little high. It was at 12.8%, but the swing and strike rate was just a silly 18.5%. He struck out 35.6% of batters. Then he bumped to high A, and while he posted a 404 ERA, I wouldn't be overly concerned by just looking at the numbers. I mean, his whip was below one at, at 0.94. His FIP was 308. He had a lot of bad luck go his way, actually. His strain rate was you know, incredibly low there at 64%. The, the nutty thing is that the strikeout rate went even higher to 45%. He struck out almost every other batter that he faced, and the walk rate did go down, which is encouraging, to 8.2%. So that left him with a K-minus walk rate of 37%, just obnoxious. And his swing strike rate near 22% is unreal. He did struggle with the home runs a little bit, but even still, just 1.2 per nine, which isn't so bad. And I think the Arsenal is so good. I think he's only going to continue to develop. Espino, while I think he could be the number one pitching prospect, I do have one more pitching prospect that I'll talk about actually with the next pick here, but they're kind of interchangeable. Espino's an absolute stud, even though I know that Eric's going to be much higher on him than me. You are correct, sir. Uh, I have a you know, higher amount. Not like terribly higher, but he is several spots higher here. Uh, right now, I'm going to go back to the offensive side of things, but back to the Cubs system. Again, I said there's a lot of talent in this Cubs system. And I'm going to go Kevin Alcantara. I love Kevin Alcantara. He's six, six, listed at 6'6", 188. That's a very strong, very athletic frame. Tons of projection. I think this could be a 70 power bat in time. I really do think so. Especially at Wrigley Field, good good hitters park there. You know, the wind's always blowing out, so that'll definitely help. Had a really impressive debut this year. Well, not debut. Uh, he debuted in 2019, but a really impressive season. Uh, mostly in the Cubs system, but a little bit in the Yankee system before that trade. Overall, 345, 423, 588. Five home runs, five steals, also added four doubles and five triples. Showing off that speed. Walk rate was well over 10%. A little bit of a uh, strikeout issue right now that'll have to be kind of improved upon. And with his longer levers, that might always be a little bit of an issue for him. But just the power and speed here, this could be a 70 power. You know, maybe if he fills out, he goes, he's currently a plus runner. Maybe he's more like 55 in time, but. This could be like a 30 homer, 10 to 15 steal guy. Uh, but the the hit tool will be the X factor here. I don't see any, like, I don't think he's going to be like a 220, 230 hitter. I don't think that's going to be his future. But maybe he's only like a 260 hitter. But, you know, maybe that could be higher. I know that we're still kind of, Jerry's still out in this hit tool, even though he showed very well this year and walked us at a high clip, like, like I mentioned. So if he can at least get the 50 hit, you know, 260, 270 average along that power, and that speed, probably somewhere near the middle of the order type of guy in that Cubs uh, lineup in a few years. I think he's going to be an absolute fantasy stud. So Kevin Alcantara is my number, what am I at, 22. Uh, Chris, who got 21? Very nice. Yeah, I mentioned a pitcher. He's, I think, my last pitcher on the list. That's Jackson Job. who, yeah, you might say, well, Chris is really low on him right now because, yeah, he's a high school arm that – we don't know a lot about other than that there's a lot of talent. His spin rates are insane. He's got a phenomenal arsenal. And so coming out of the draft, like I can't really put Jackson Job that high, like on my prospect list. And that's the same case. It's going to be with Dylan Lesko next year, who 
I think is a far superior prospect to Job. And Lesko barely missed this list. He's a 2022 draftee. But yeah, Job, I think, will have the chance to to be polished at this point. We're going to see him really develop. And the, the crazy thing is that, that Job hadn't even been a pitcher long before he'd been drafted. He was a shortstop most of his career and then became a pitcher when people realized that he could spin the ball at 3,300 RPMs and blaze it with a high 90s fastball. And so we're like, maybe this guy could be a good pitcher. And that's what they turned him into. And we know the Tigers took him third overall. I see some good development here. I think Job develops into a top pitching prospect. I think him and Espino are pretty interchangeable. That's my last arm here at 21. Now back to you for your 21. You know, that was one of the, the arms. Like I, when I was battling myself for that last arm on my list, Job was in that list. So, yeah. Uh, I almost included Job. It was a kind of a last second call between him and Nick Abel. Um, yeah, great pick there. I'm sorry, we haven't overlapped yet. This is kind of interesting. I thought we'd have some overlapping already, but. Uh, my 21, Reginald, like back to the Cubs, Reginald Preciado, one of the fanciest names in the minor leagues. Uh, still only 18. He'll be 19 shortly in, after the 2022 minor league season starts. Assuming it starts on time, and hopefully it does. Uh, but love Preciado. Again, another big, strong, athletic uh, Cubs. In you know, He's an infield prospect. Obviously, Alcantara was an outfield prospect. Uh, he's played a little short and third. I'm not sure where he ends up. Well, I guess I'll have to see how the, the body fills out because he's six, this is 6'4, 185. Very well could outgrow that position, move over to third. But regardless, the power is going to play. I think this could be plus or better power bat, you know, in game power bat. I think this could be Corey. Think of like Corey Seager with a little bit of speed. I think this is where, where could be obviously he's a ways away. I'm not doing a direct comp to Corey Seager, but. The raw tools kind of remind me of Corey Seager if Corey Seager actually ran, which obviously he doesn't do. And I don't, I'm not saying Prescott is going to be a big speed guy. That's, you know, right now he's maybe average, but Corey Seager, you know, high average, good power, Petro 30, 30 homer bat that can add like five, six, seven steals annually as well while playing short or third. Love Preciado. So I will put him here at 21. Now we get into the top 20. Chris, who you got at 20? All right, here's where it gets fun, I think. And this name is kind of a guy that I think could go either way. And this may be crazy high on him. I'm curious if you even considered him. And that's Victor Acosta with the Padres, who, yeah, he's one of the youngest players in the minor leagues right now. Um, he was obviously in the DSL this year, but he was just 17. And he, he turned 17 midseason, which is kind of nuts. So, this is kind of talent we've seen, and Acosta has always been kind of a highly touted switch hitter. He's a shortstop in the Padres org. He's smaller at 5'11", 170, but I think there's easy projection here in the frame. He absolutely dominated the DSL, hit five home runs in 240 plate appearances, but he stole 26 bags. I know, stolen bases are, are with a grain of salt at this point with when looking at DSL or whatnot, but a 285 average, a 431 OBP. I love Acosta's game. I think that he continues to develop. Honestly, I see the power coming. He's obviously got elite speed, and I think the hit tool is pretty solid. So Acosta, I th- we'll bank on him taking off just how young he is and how well he's performed to say that Victor Acosta becomes a top 20 prospect. He was in a massive cluster of my honorable mentions. Yeah, I definitely considered him. Love Acosta. Great get right now in Dynasty while the price is still relatively low or at least low compared to what it could be in the next year or two. It's a great pick there. My number 20, this is my number two pitcher, 
uh, on my board. Obviously, that kind of gave away who's my number one pitcher, though it shouldn't be really a shock to anybody if you follow me on Twitter who my number one arm is going to be. But my number two arm here, Yuri Perez, Miami Marlins. My my word, what what else can you say about Yuri Perez at this point? Obviously, big 6'8 right-hander that just absolutely demolished both low A and high A. 15 starts at low A, 5 at high A. So 20 combined overall, 196 ERA, 089 whip. Kept the walk rate in check under 10%, which was very good to see. K rate was right around 33%. You know, he got the walk rate, even though it was only five starts, the walk rate got lower at high A, big fastball, plus or better fastball, plus or better curveball right now. I think this is definitely both plus pitches long term. And the changeup has flashed. It's flashed above average. And as we've said on other podcasts here, Miami is one of the best, if not the best, or against developing changeups. Look at all the changeups at the major league level. Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez, the list goes on and on. You know, that's why you know we are confident in Max Meyer developing his changeup even more than he has right now. So I think this could be three above average to plus pitches, solid command and control, just that big imposing mound presence. I want to see if he adds more bulk. We'll see. Still only 18 years old. Won't even be 19 until next uh, middle of next April. So he'll be in high A. He might even be double A at 19, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, love the arm. Love the projection here. So. Gary Perez, I think, could be – there's a chance he's the best of all these minor league arms that they have. And right he could be better than Max Meyer. I'm not saying he will, but there's a chance I think he could be just as good or better than Max Meyer long-term. I'm that high on Yuri Perez. So I'll, he will be my number two arm here at number 20. Chris, over to you for 19. All right. So this is a guy you already had, but it's in the Orioles organization. That's Kobe Mayo. I just really believe in what we saw with Mayo. Eric had a good analysis on him, so I don't have a whole lot more to say but I believe the hit tool is above average. I mean, you saw what he did this year. Every level hit above 300. Very encouraging there, and the power is just immense. And he's even got some speed to go with it. Now, I do think the speed ticks down. I don't know how many bases we should project him to steal. I mean, it's 6'5", 215, but I do think the power is legit. There's easy 30 home run pop here and a good field to hit as well. Good play discipline. OBP League, Kobe Mayo is easily in the spot in my opinion, because he walks at such a high clip, has such good plate discipline. So, yep, Mayo is in this spot for me. I won't add much more since Eric's already kind of hit on him there. Back to you for your 19th. Yeah, once we do start overlapping, we won't, we'll won't. we just add a little bit on each uh, on these players. But, yeah, we won't go, like, full in-depth as since the other one already covered them. My 19 is going to be Hedbert Perez. I think this art, not prospect fatigue, but he's already kind of started to slip a little bit in the rankings because he didn't really have the – the big you know season this year that some of the other names that we've already talked about had and the approach was kind of an issue you know he had a k rate right below 30 percent he had 59 strikeouts to only nine walks in 200 plate appearances you know slash was okay 276 330 459 13 doubles seven home runs and 48 games out of a couple steals I'm still a believer in the raw tools that that Hedbert has and you heard nothing but good things about him uh, at summer camp last year and into into the fall, you know this could be a guy that's just above average to plus across the board. I think he's got a good feel for hit. I think this could be a above average power guy, twenty five or so home runs, 
could could be a guy that's a 2020 type of guy down the road. We'll see how much he wants to run. You know, I think he's at least above average, maybe a plus runner. I think I'd actually probably put him at above average right now. Only had the two steals uh, down there in rookie ball. So want to see him run a little bit more. He has a speed to be a solid, like I said, I think he could be a 20 steal guy if he wants to be, but um, a little bit smaller side. There's still some projection, not, not like a ton of projection like we're talking about with Alcantara and guys like that, but decent amount of projections. I think they could add some pop as well. Yeah, so the potential 2020 guys, solid field for hitting as well. So still pretty high on Hedber. I still have him in my top 30 overall right now. And I think he's only going to go up from here. So he is my number 19. Chris, who's your 18? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's not just spoiler or not, but I actually left Edbert out. And so I don't know which way he goes. I have concerns about the contact rates. I wonder if the his value's at peak, but I, I think the upside is easily in this range. So it, that's that's you know, that's fair to wonder because he yeah, the approach was not great. Yeah. It, that and, definitely is concerning right now. Right. And and this guy I'm about to mention right here, I think has similar approach concerns, and that's uh, Ellie Dela Cruz in the Reds organization tools for absolute days. I mean, maybe some of the best power speed tools in the minor leagues here with Dela Cruz. I mean, double plus speed. I think the raw power is easily double plus the game power is probably plus and you didn't see the game power fully this year. I don't think, I mean, he just hit eight home runs over 265 plate appearances, but you know, stole 10 bags over that time hit 400 at the complex only hit 269 and in, in a ball, which yeah, it's fine, but the strikeout rate was a little concerning at 31%. I do think that the contact skills tick up a little bit. I'm not overly concerned about it, but the skills are just here for him to just take off. Could be absolutely insane if all clicks right, which is why I have him here. Even though it may seem kind of high, I do think he can make this kind of jump. So Ellie Dela Cruz with the Reds, number 18. He's one that I, another one that was in that massive cluster for me, I almost snuck him in. At the tail end, yeah, I always if that hit tool develops in the approach, like the chance he's yeah going to be an absolute stud for the Cincinnati Reds. I am actually going to stay in the Cincinnati Reds org and go with Jay Allen, guy they just drafted in thirtieth uh, overall in the twenty twenty one draft. One of the many many toolsy outfielders in the twenty twenty one draft, and I can just spoil over. There's another at least I think another at least one on my list, maybe two. I forget. Uh, look, at, look at my list, but Allen, he's, he's still 19. He's 19. He's a little older uh, than most of the high schoolers, but I think and he's a little raw too. So like, this is a definitely a projection and upside play here, but I think there's a chance he's plus power above average to plus speed as well. He's a great athlete. You know, and he's another one of those two sport guys. That's really starting to focus solely on baseball in a great org. I like Cincinnati and the way they develop prospects as well. So yeah, he's definitely he could you know not pan out obviously with how raw he is, um, but just I love the frame, love the power, speed projection, and if he can just really develop as a hitter, this could be an absolute you know stud prospect in the next couple of years. So Jay Allen is my eighteen. Chris, who's your seventeen? Yeah, I really like Jay Allen as well. I don't have him on the list, but I, I'm a big fan. This might surprise people that I have this player here because I already have this player in this spot, and that's Marcelo Meyer at this spot at 17. You know, with Meyer, it's interesting. I do think that there's a lot of talent here, but I feel like he's more of a floor-type player, and I don't see this tremendous upside, which is what I'm kind of shooting at when projecting a couple years out. And Meyer just seems like this type of guy that kind of sticks in this range and just 
he he stays here until he he graduates prospects as. I think Meyer can be a great player. He's got a good field to hit. And obviously I think there's blooming power here, but I just don't see the tremendous upside. I don't think he even steals any mini bases at all when he reaches the big leagues. I don't see him as much of a runner, which is a reason that I have him down here. And I have a couple of their guys in his draft class above him, even though currently they're not, but I think they can reach that level. But with Meyer, I just the the power isn't there yet, even though I don't even though I think it can get there. There's some guys in his in this draft class last year that are more advanced from that power standpoint. And I don't know. It may be crazy. I'm probably gonna get flamed for it, but I've got Meyer here in this spot, and Eric as a Red Sox fan is shaking his head. <laughs> just crap all over our top prospect. Why don't you? No, I'm just kidding. No, th- those those are our legit concerns, and yeah, I'm, I've heard those elsewhere as well. I do have Mayer on my list a bit higher, so um, I'll say why, but when I get there. Uh, but for me, 17, here we go. Daniel Espino, I uh, don't really have much to add here. I just, just in love with the – I think he's a frontline starter. He's in Cleveland, and with, with this type of talent in Cleveland, yes, please. He's, I think he could have three – plus pitches i think his worst pitch could be above average like he's shown a good feel for all three of his off-speed curve slider change i think the both breaking balls could be i think actually he could be a four plus pitch guy that's it's insane to think but that's the type of ceiling i think we're talking about here with daniel espino at least he won't be a huge command control guy but i think he's gonna be at least average in both departments there she had a guy that's gonna strike out a ton of batters probably wins a couple strikeout crowns if Cleveland lets him pitch, you know, deep enough in the games and rack up the innings required to win strikeout crowns. But this is a guy that could be, you know, well over like a 35% K rate guy at the major league level with his stuff. So he is my number one pitching prospect on this list and number 17 overall, Chris, who you got at 16. All right. You talk about the Cubs guys being up in here and here's, here's one. I don't know if he made your list or not, but that's Pete Crow Armstrong who, I think would have taken off if it weren't for injury last year. Obviously, he had that shoulder injury. It kept him only playing six games, unfortunately, last season. But I love PCA. He's got a great field to hit. He's got blossoming power and plus speed. PCA is a gamer. He's an elite center fielder. He has all the tools to be a five-tool type player. And when you watch Pete Crow Armstrong play the game, he plays at a different level. He has a passion for the game. He's all in all the time, and I think that he just has that it factor. Even if the tools aren't super off the charts, he just has the it factor to make it happen. So Pete Crow Armstrong in this spot, and that may be a lot higher than you, but PCA at number 16. I love PCA. I did not. He was another one that just missed for me. It was a lot of hard cuts here. I wanted to put like 40 guys in this top 25, but obviously I cannot, and he was one that just missed the cut. Love PCA. My number 16, you know, for all you Seattle Mariners fans out there, you know, you're going to have Kellenic graduated this past year. J-Rod will probably graduate this year. Maybe Noel V the year after that. But don't worry. you got another elite prospect in the making. Might be crazy high, but the more I watch him, the more I look into him, I am just all about Mr. Harry Ford. Uh, right now, he's listed as a catcher, but – I don't. It's it could be like a uh, Dalton Varsha situation. I don't think you know if you had, if I had to bet a hundred dollars where he is in five years, I don't think it's primarily at catcher. Maybe he still you know maybe backs up Kyle Raleigh. We'll see how that works out. But 
this is at this is an absolute stud at the plate. He's not a huge guy, 5'10", 200, but really solid frame. I don't think there's really any projection left, but I think this could be a guy. Like I mentioned it in my black book write-up, uh, which you all should go check out. The Fantasy Baseball Black Book is out today on Amazon. Go check that out. A lot of great writers in that. Uh, so I mentioned in my my ver- my top 100 prospects where I wrote up Harry Ford uh, that this could be like a 2020, you know, probably maybe, I don't know where he moved, maybe outfield, we'll see. I'm still kind of waiting to see where how they use him, but 2020 type of guy. I think he's going to be an above average hit tool guy as well. Solid OBP. This, maybe he's not a guy that stands out. He not he won't hit like the huge power numbers or huge speed, but just an annual 2020 fr- threat with a good average, good OBP. Uh, so I'm really, really high on Harry Ford. Go out and get him an FYPD. You know, any anywhere after like seven or so in FYPD, I think is a great spot for Harry Ford. Like I said, very high upside. So he is my number sixteen. We'll go ahead and take a quick break right now. Come back on the other side and get into our top fifteen. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Fantrax Toolshed right after this. The following is an actor portrayal. With Kindly Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our word for it. My dad moved to Kindly and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked Parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindly. Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit Kindly at Asbury.org today. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome back from the break, chugging on through our projected top 25 prospects two years from now. Let's go ahead and recap our 25 through 16 so far before we get into our top 15s. For me, I had Kobe Mayo at 25, James Triantos 24, Mick Abel 23, Kevin Alcantara 22, Reginald Preciado 21, Yuri Perez 20, Edbert Perez 19, Jay Allen 18, Daniel Espino, my number one pitcher, 17, Harry Ford at 16. Chris, who was, uh, let you go ahead and recap yours and then get right into your number 15. Sure. Yep. Went Max Clark, uh, Chase DeLauder, Brock Wilkin, Daniel Espino, Jackson Job, Victor Acosta, Kobe Mayo, Ellie De La Cruz, Marcelo Meyer, Pete Crew Armstrong. And at 15, I have Luis Matos, who is actually already in this spot right now as well. I have him and Meyer in the same spot. I'm a big fan of Luis Matos. Uh, pretty well-rounded skill set, big speed, easily plus, easy raw power here. He's still developing the game power to an extent. And I think he's got a good field to hit. Like, it could be, like, honestly, when all said and done, he could be above average across the board, which is a really solid player. Last year, in low A, he hit 15 home runs, stole 21 bags, and had a 313 average. One of the biggest flaws with him is the walk rate. Doesn't walk a ton, just 5.7% last year, but... He doesn't strike out either, which is encouraging. Only a 12% strikeout rate. He puts the ball in play a ton, which is going to lead to a high BABIP. He's going to get on base a lot. Big fan of Luis Matos. Power-speed combo is legit. And if it's a surprise he didn't move up, it it's really shouldn't be because there's so much talent here, and I would say t- this spot is a, a good ranking for him. Yeah, I have him on my list. I have him uh, quite a bit higher. I'm even higher on Matos than Chris is. 
My number 15 will go to the 20, the loaded 2022 draft class. And I'm going to Mark Johnson here. Guy that should be um, probably is in the, you know, we'll see how his, you know, the spring goes, but could be a top five pick, probably more so a second baseman, but the swing, there was a video today. There's been obviously a bunch of video on him. The swing is absolutely beautiful. It's controlled yet ferocious. Like this is a guy that's going to hit for a ton of power and, and kind of like Khalil Watson, like he's not a big guy. He's, he's kind of got that Khalil Watson build, the smaller guy. I forget what he's listed that I should have wrote it down, but not a big guy at all, but very strong frame. One of those guys that I think is going to surprise in the power department. Good speed as well. He's, he's, he's going to be above average to plus power and speed as well. And I think he's got a good feel for hit. Like from what I've seen from him, uh, really barrels up the ball, can drive the ball to all fields. So, I got another guy that could just be above average to plus across the board at the second base position, which is where I think he ends up long term. I think he's going to be an absolute fantasy stud from that spot. So Tamar Johnson is my 15 over to Chris for 14. I love Tamar Johnson. I'll have him a little bit higher, which will be fun. Uh, my next guy is another huge riser and the guy that really dominated this year, and that's uh, Davison De Los Santos with the Diamondbacks. Ooh, Tre- uh, Trevor Huth. He's going to be very happy with that. I, I hope he's listening because I know he loves him. Yeah, I mean, there's some incredible talent here. He dominated the complex level, got bumped up, had a solid season at A-ball. Not not stand out by any means, but the tool set is just absolutely insane here. He's hits the ball extremely hard. There's a lot to like here. I think there's easy, easy power in this profile. Got some speed to go with it. Good feel to hit. Davison De Los Santos on the rise. He's going to be up here before you know it and could be an easy top 25 prospect, as you can see by my ranking. Yeah, definitely one of the higher risers right now. He jumped up my rankings a lot. Love that. I didn't have him. He, he was one of the guys I had in, in that cluster, but didn't have him, obviously. Um, but love the pick. I'm going to go my boy, my next Rocky, which I already have a current Rocky crush, but the one that's going to come after my current one, Benny Montgomery. Obviously, he's a Rocky. So everyone's like, ew, Rocky, so let me go elsewhere. Uh, I get it, but this you don't want to shy away from this skill set. The hit tool is a question. That's going, to really gets, that's going to determine whether he develops into a stud or kind of flames out in double-A. But this is like 70 raw power, at least 60 speed, maybe 70 speed. Huge, strong kid. Still has projection left. Like He's a hit for a ton of power. He's got course field. Yeah, you can joke. And I'm sure somebody's sitting there like, oh, yeah, he won't debut until 2029. I know somebody just made that joke, in there, at Probably. least in their head. Or, early, or many, maybe multiple of you made that joke. But, yeah, I get it. The Rockies are the Rockies. They're frustrating. I, trust me, I understand. But Montgomery is one to bank on. Like if you're gonna bank on any like Rockies prospect, bank on like that super toolsy guy. Like I'm banking on Veen. I'm banking on Benny Montgomery. If the hit tool can even just get the 50, which I think is possible. I think that's within the wrong possibility. This could be an absolute fantasy stud. Like this potential 30-30 here. I, I hate this just like say that because that's huge, but that's the type of power and speed Benny Montgomery has. We'll see how the hit tool develops, how he develops overall, how the Rockies handle him. But it's one of the highest upsides in the minors right now, in my opinion. So Benny Montgomery is my 14 over to Chris for 13. All right. And we got Jordan Walker with the Cardinals, who had a phenomenal debut in 2021. 
we knew the power was there. He, we knew he had massive power at that. But we questioned the contact skills coming out of the draft. It's so hard to grade a hit tool of a high school player, in my opinion. And that was kind of the case with Walker, I think, because Walker came out and showed easy average hit tool, in my opinion. I mean, he hit 374 in low A, over 122 plate appearances, then bumped to high A, over 244 plate appearances, hit 292. Still extremely solid there. Combined hit 14 home runs. Crazy enough, he stole 14 bases. He's not going to steal any bases, in my opinion, at the at the big league level. Doesn't have any speed. He's a big corner guy, 6'5", 220, massive frame, good plate skills, hits the ball extremely hard. He had a max exit velo this year of 116.2, which would have been 19th in the MLB. Pretty dang impressive there. Walker's got massive power, no denying it. And I think the hit tool's there as well to – back that power up so jordan walker i actually didn't include walker because i thought he was a graduate that's one we should probably should have mentioned before yeah. but uh if if i did include him he would have probably been a few spots below this but probably in like the 16 17 18 range because yeah walker is an absolute beast i just think the st louis could you know like they've kind of pushed gorman a little bit i think they might do the same thing with with walker maybe move him over to first base we'll see obviously they have Nolan arenado at third, locked up until, I think, through 2027. So he'll be there for a while. Uh, so maybe they move Walker to first. Maybe there's a DH at some point. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, definitely love Jordan Walker. Uh, my number 13, Khalil Watson. Like I mentioned, you know, kind of similar to uh, Tamar Johnson, like a little guy, but you know, big-time bat. He really packs a punch at the plate. Really good feel for hitting as well. I think he's going to be above average, at least hit tool. I think this could be plus power above average to plus speed as well from the shortstop position. I think he's going to be like Jazz Chisholm with a better hit tool. I think that's what Khalil Watson could be. Really smokes the ball. Powerful, smooth left-handed swing. Uh, so I think he's going to be, you know, he's obviously a few years away. He's still only 18. He'll be 19 middle of April. Um, but I think like, this is a guy that was supposed to be a top five pick that fell to 16 for, for some concerns. Um, but he's going to be an absolute stud, I think. And, Going to make a nice middle infield there with Jazz Chisholm in Miami for years to come. Uh, so Khalil Watson is my number 13. Chris, who you got at 12? All right, I'm going back to the 2023 draft class. This is the third player I mentioned. He's a stud. You probably know the name if you follow college baseball, and that's Dylan Cruz from LSU. He absolutely spanks baseballs. He had a phenomenal, phenomenal season at LSU, hitting 18 home runs in his rookie a rookie, his freshman year, 12 stolen bases, 362 batting average, walked almost as much as he struck out, 39 walks to 44 strikeouts, 453 OBP, 663 slug. You watch him, he's he's just a ball player. He absolutely spanks the ball around the field. He's got massive power. He's got good speed. He kind of reminds me of this Max Clark, like five-tool type field player, but obviously is a little more developed as he's in college. And we mentioned Max Clark's just a – High school sophomore right now, which is kind of crazy. But Dylan Cruz is a stud. I think he could easily be drafted and slot in at this high. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like his his exit velocities are elite as they come. And the contact skills are great as well. And he's just a ball player. So yep, Dylan Cruz here in this spot. Guess who I have at twelve. Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's right. I, I was wondering if we were going to line up on one. Maybe, maybe it'll be more so near we get near the top. But yeah, yeah. Dylan Cruz, like 
he was already one of the top collegiate players as you know like chris mentioned already like this could be number one overall pick 2023 draft does everything well huge power good speed hit for average can get on base doesn't strike out a ton like this is an absolute stud high ceiling high floor chris just said it all so i won't go into it anymore but yeah dylan cruz is the early running for number number one overall pick in 2023 and for fypd as well uh so yeah dylan cruz for me at 12 as well Chris, so you got 11. Very nice. <clears throat> it's probably going to be a little low, and I don't think you're going to be happy about it. It's your boy, Zach Veen, here at 11, who obviously had a phenomenal year in low A, hit 15 home runs, which I think obviously grows into way more power than that. Hit 301, had a near 400 OBP, just missed at 399, and a 501 slug. So he almost joined the 345 club there. Stole 36 bases, but he was caught stealing 17 times. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in those stolen base numbers. I think Veen's more of a 10 stolen base guy at the next level. The raw power's there. The hit tool's the biggest question mark for me. I don't see him as close to a 300 hitter. I think he's more of a 270 type hitter. But still, there's tools here. He's a great player. And I think Veen has plenty of reason to be in the top 10. But I've got him right here at 11 just because there's there's so much talent above him. So Zach Veen at 11. You know, it's funny. I, I obviously have Zach Veen higher, but not by much. Like, yeah, there's just so much talent. It was hard. He was one of the hardest ones for me to slog because obviously he's my boy. I want to put him higher, but just couldn't do it as he'll be coming up soon, but not with this one. My number 11, you know, the worst prospect in the world, according to Chris Clegg, Marcelo Mayer. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, Marcelo Mayer. You know, a lot of what Chris mentioned, you know, the, some of the concerns you know, about you know how the profile looks down the road are very valid. Uh, but I, I'm very bullish on him. I think there's going to be, he could be. I hate to use Corey Seager again, but I, I see there's a potential to be it's like that plus power, plus hit tool type of guy. But we'll see because you know Fenway Park not great on lefty power, as I've mentioned many times before. So don't really like that uh, for his profile, but I think this would be at least a little speed. I, I do agree. I think this would be a lot of speed, but I think he'll at least add maybe just like a handful in like five, six. I, w- I wouldn't say even double digits, but enough. So he's not a zero there, but I really believe in the bat. I believe he could be a middle of the order type of bat probably takes over at shortstop when we move Xander off of it, or if we just don't sign Xander long-term, he could be the heir apparent at shortstop good defender as well, which will help him. You know, this is a higher floor than most. You know, Chris mentioned the floor as well. Higher floor than most his age. So you know, he might not be the, the sexy fantasy guy, but maybe he's like a Xander, you know, like maybe that's a, a better offensive comparison than got high average, you know, 280 plus average year in, year out. Maybe not 30 home runs, but 25, give or take every year. Maybe he does sneak up to 30 in his, in his peak prime, uh, physical prime adds, you know, Xander adds a little bit of speed at least. I think that could be what we're looking at if everything clicks for Marcel Mayer. So um, definitely like like the Sox got him at four, absolutely. And he is my number 11 here. Let's get into the top 10, Chris. Let's who's go. At 10 for you? Yep. Cubs fans, I told you you have a lot to be, lot to be Dude, happy about. Are we going to do the oh, same no. here? I, I have a Cub at 10. <laughs> Christian Hernandez. Yep. Nice. Same here. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Hernandez was one of the top players in last year's international class. You know, it's so hard to judge and evaluate prospects, you know, internationally when obviously we're, we're not there. But Hernandez was obviously billed as the top guy by many, especially in a weird COVID year. And he came out and proved that while some of the other top guys like Wilman Diaz and 
Carlos Colmenar has struggled to an extent. Uh, Christian Hernandez performed well in the DSL. It is 17 years old, hit five home runs and stole 21 bags again, stolen bases, whatever. He He's an above average runner. That's what you need to know. He's got, I think, average to above average game power and a good field to hit as well and good on base skills. So I really like Hernandez. The biggest flaw that I see was the fact that he hit the ball on the ground a little much at 56.5%. I do think he can correct that. He, he Once he gets stateside with a the team, they're going to start working with him. They're going to smooth out his swing. He's going to be just fine. I think Hernandez is an absolute stud in the making, and I'd go get him in Dynasty right now before the price tag takes off. 100% agree, and I think he could be plus power too. I think yeah. that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, strong, good athlete. I think the Cubs have done a really good job developing hitting prospects over the years too. So he's in a good org, very talented org, as we mentioned several times. Like half this list has been Cubs. And so I won't add any more, but I'll jump ahead to my number nine guy, Zach Veen, who, and I, I don't have to mention a lot about him either. Chris already talked about him, but I'm, I'm, I'm a bit higher on the hit tool than most. I think it's at least average. I think there's a path to above average as well. He absolutely smokes the ball. There's, I think borderline double plus raw power here. He's going to be at Coors Field too. So, you know, if you project him just in general, take the ballpark factor out of it. Let's say you project him as a 260, 270 hitter. You got to add like 10 points to that for Coors Field too, because the how that always elevates average uh, immensely. Like just look at all the players over the years that's helped out at batting average wise. So I think he could, he could be a 280 guy in Coors. We'll see. The hit tool is still the question right now. See how that plans out, even though he did hit over 300 this year. Speed, I think this would be double-digit speed, 30-plus home runs, solid average, solid OBP. He'll walk to decent on as well. So uh, I think Veen's going to be an absolute stud. Just hopefully the Rockies don't screw him up. Like, they already have screwed up so many guys. Don't screw up Zach Veen. Don't <laughs> screw up Benny Montgomery. These are the next two I'm pitching my wagon to. For better, for worse, probably for worse. Uh, hopefully not, but. Yeah, love me since Zach Veen, so he's number nine for me. Chris, who you got at nine? Yep, this is a player you already mentioned, and that's Tamar Johnson from the 2022 draft class. I think Johnson's absolute stud, a very fluid swing, easy power. And he's a smaller guy, but his bat speed's just so good. Like, the bat speed is absolutely elite here. He's very explosive, easy raw, easy plus raw, in my opinion. He's getting to it in games, hits the ball to all fields extremely, extremely well. Just thick, thick middle infielder with a ton of power. He just generates so much pop for his, his shorter frame, which he makes up for, in my opinion. He doesn't play like he's a 5'8", five, 5'9", five, type player. He's a second baseman long-term, in my opinion. It's an elite bat. So think about it, the second base position, the kind of bat you're getting here with Tamar Johnson. He's an absolute stud. Absolutely. Uh, going to my number eight here, it's the son of a former – I don't know how many gold gloves this guy won center fielder for your Atlanta Braves, Chris, his son, Drew Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I love me some Drew Jones, 2022 draft class. He could probably be up there in the top five. Uh, this is absolute stud offensively. I, as you know, like his dad, great defense, defensive center fielder could be double. I think he's a double plus runner. Think of like a less developed Corbin Carroll. I think that's, Similar to what he could be, you know, the hit tool is there. Good feel for hitting. Absolutely. The bat speed is electric speed, huge speed, developing power. So I think this could be an absolute fantasy stud down the road if everything clicks for him. Got a hits for high average, 30 plus steals. We'll see how much 
power he adds on. But you know, even if he's just a 15 homer guy, uh, which I think is definitely a possibility, maybe more. Who knows? I think there's he could he could be a 20 homer guy if he adds some some more uh, bulk to his frame. We'll see. But just a, a high average, 30 plus steals. You know, 15 homer guy. Absolutely love Drew Jones. He's one to get very, very, excuse me, my voice is going, very, very excited about in the 2022 draft class. He could be my number, you know, he's definitely in the top three for me. He's at my currently my number three in my 2022 FYPD ranking. So very high on Drew Jones and have him here at number eight. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm even higher on Drew Jones. So I'll give you a little, little spoiler. And this maybe this should make you happy, Eric, because I have another Red Sox here in Nick York. I have him Ooh. really high, yeah. I, I love – and, you know, it's so funny because I was, like, so far off of him when they drafted him, just not – I guess not knowing enough and then seeing you, him this You year. and me both. Yeah, just – I think everybody was. It was a weird pick and few really, really knew, you know, what, what the Red Sox were getting. But Try being a Red Sox fan and trying to, like, understand that pick at the time. Yeah. Obviously, it worked out. Props to props to Heim Bloom and company. But sitting there at the time, you're like – what the bleep just happened yeah yeah but york's a stud man i'm telling you he he's gotten to the game power way sooner than than we expected and i don't really expect that to go away i don't think he was a fluke at all and obviously the field of hit there the contact rates are are insane there's good speed here i think that he's a borderline like five tool guy like i think i think he's like a four and a half category producer i'm not going to say that he's like a huge power guy but I don't know. I just think he does enough to be a super high-end fantasy guy. Enough power, good speed, high batting average. I think it's like a Corbin Carroll-White profile here. And so, to me, he's well worthy of this spot at number eight. So, Nick York, Boston Red Sox. I love it. I think he might actually graduate by this point. It, I think it's possible. Yeah, so, obviously, I love Nick York as well. I think this would be a, a nice middle infield, him and Marcelo Mayer, uh, for a long time. So, very, very excited about that, and that makes me wonder, where does Jeter Downs play? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. he's outfield. Maybe he's traded. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. Obviously, he, he's much, uh, you know, the proximity for him is much closer, so he'll probably be up this year at some point. So maybe he can get off to a good start at AAA, so he'll get some time before these two. But long-term, yeah, definitely like both of these guys more than Jeter Downs. My number will be up to number seven now. 2021 draft class guy that I had won one originally before his injury dropped him down to one to number two, but Jordan Lawler, you know, our buddy, Chris Walsh is super, super high on him. Took a number one overall in our mock draft, uh, FYPD mock draft. If, if you missed that, go back and check that out. That was episode 60. I forget 66 maybe, but it's in the title. You can't miss it. Uh, so go check that out before you go into your FYPDs. But you know, the, the one concern with Jordan Lawler, obviously there's been some bat speed concerns, but you know, this is a guy that the power speed is better than uh, Marcelo Mayer. I think his comparable power, much more speed. I think the hit tool, maybe you give the edge to hit tool to Marcelo Mayer, but not by much. Like I think what really puts you know Jordan Lawler this high for me above Mayer, long term kind of like upside projection is that speed difference in the two profiles. Like this could be a guy that's twenty plus home runs, twenty plus steals, solid average. I think Arizona is going to be have a really, really good shortstop for a long time in Jordan Lawler. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's like a universal top 10 prospect this year. I think if he comes out, you know, guns a blazing this year, I think he could be back up in the into the top 10 by the end of 2022. So love Jordan Lawler. He's my number seven. Chris, who you got? All right. I'm staying in this 
draft class from this past year and going Brady House. And I think Brady House is is so underrated. I don't think Brady House gets the love that he deserves. And maybe I'm biased because I saw him live, but House is such a good athlete. And I think it's so overblown that he's going to move to third base. I think he's a, a, such a natural shortstop. He's quick. He's got a great arm. He He's very instinctive. And of the prep guys last year, had the highest max exit velocity outside of uh, of Lonnie White, who absolutely had a crazy high max EV. And, and House has great contact rates too. And I think that's another underrated aspect of House's game is that they say that he can't hit for average, but I think that's complete crap. And I watched it. I've watched enough House to say that he controls the zone extremely well. He knows what he needs to do in at-bats. And you saw it against arguably the best pitcher in high school baseball in Dylan Lesko. And House got on base three times against him, three three or four against him, just absolutely dominant. He got he got jumping on him early. He didn't let Lesko get deep in accounts against him. And he did damage. And House obviously has big double plus power, but House is just a great athlete. I'm telling you, he's he's gonna stick it short. House is, I don't know, I might even take him number two in FYPDs with, with the more that I've dug on him, the more I've found on him. I think House is a stud. So here at number seven feels like a good spot for Brady House. Man, you love you some Brady House. I do. But there's a good reason for that. He's a very talented ball player. So is this guy, uh, my number six the guy. I kind of hinted at earlier, who is my guy. I'm putting my planted my flag on this guy. I freaking love Chase the Louder. Number six for me. Maybe this is bold. I don't care. I think this is going to be an absolute. This, he's going to be a dude. Like Chris mentioned, you know, he had a uh, was it 386, 508, 723 slash line, six home runs, seven steals, and 26 games at James Madison last spring and absolutely dominated on the Cape as well. Nine home runs, five steals and 34 games. I think there's, I'm higher on the power. I think this is a plus power guy. I think he could be double plus raw power, maybe more so plus power in game. But I think this is a guy that could be 25, 30 plus home runs, 20 plus steals. He hits for a solid, the hit tool is there as well. The high walk rate is there. Everything you want from a, potential top prospect is there with Chase louder And I think he's he's in the running for 1-1 uh, in 2022 draft, definitely in that handful of like five or six guys right now. Obviously, that can change. We, we still got a lot of baseball to go before the 2022 draft, but love Chase louder 6'4", 250, just an absolute offensive dynamo. And I think he's going to be an absolute stud offensive prospect. So very high in DeLauder. My number six, Chris, who you got? That's a nice pick. I love love the enthusiasm about him. It'd be uh, great. That's, that's that's my dude. That's my boy. All I can say is I'm super pumped for next year of FYPD. I'm already looking past this year's FYPDs. I'm stoked about next year. So much oh, good it's talent. So damn good. It's so yes, damn good. So much fun. All right. This guy was in the 2020 draft class and a guy that I think is already a borderline top 10 prospect. And Robert Hassel. Hassel was a great field to hit. You know about Robert Hassel. He's starting to develop power. Yes, only hit 11 home runs last year, but the, he's getting to power sooner than expected, kind of like Nick York. I think the game power is probably average, which I'm fine with considering what you get with the speed. I think he's a plus runner. I think he's very instinctive to steal bases, He's a, and he's effective on the base paths as well. And I think you're getting a plus hitter in Robert Hassel as well. So it's kind of tools across the board. Uh, the Interesting change of dynamic from when we saw him go to low A to high A. 
obviously there were some struggles in high A, but it kind of flipped completely. He was hitting the ball on the ground too much in low A, 52%. And he dropped that in high A to, to 32% in the fly ball rate. It all went to fly ball rate. It went from a 29.7% fly ball rate in low A to 48% in high A, which is interesting. But he's going to work those things out. I think he's a good line drive hitter as well, pepper some gaps, hit enough home runs, and hit for a great average. So Robert Hassel. You know, I'll say right now, I almost put Hassel one. I think that's an argument. I, I struggled with it because uh, there's a, three guys that I just couldn't pick between. Um, but I almost put him on. Everyone knows how I how I feel about Bobby Barrels. Love Robert Hassel. Super high on him. Uh, he will be coming up here. Um, but number five for me, someone Chris already talked about, Luis Matos. You know, someone was asking me earlier about why I moved Matos one spot ahead of Marco Luciano in my current rankings. And while Luciano has the power advantage for sure, I just love Matos's profile for a fantasy perspective. He's got a above average to plus, you know, uh, should be above average plus contact skills. Like Chris mentioned, the walk rate is still pretty low, but he just puts the ball in play, can use the entire field. So I think he's a hit for a high average, even if the OBP isn't quite, you know, kind of comparable on that side. I think he's a plus runner. Maybe even if he's only 15 homers type of guy, which I think he's already at right now. I think he's right in that range and he could add a bit more, maybe flirt with 20. Uh, but 15 plus home runs, maybe a 25 steal guy, high average type of hitter. Again, maybe not quite as valuable in OBP formats because of that walk rate, but I think just the hit tool, speed, developing power, it's all there. Love the well-rounded profile, which is more well-rounded than Luciano. I think he's, Luciano is not quite the same hitter as Matos and doesn't have the speed as Matos. So uh, that's why I have Matos ahead right now and why I have him number five overall here. Chris, who's your number five? All right, number five for me is Elijah Green in next year's draft class. We we know about Green. A lot of you, if you if you don't know about many high school guys, you probably heard about Elijah Green because he's an extremely excited player. He does it all. He's explosive. He absolutely can spank a baseball. Already at 6'3", 215, absolutely dominant. There's not a lot that he can't do. Some scouts argue that he's a plus hitter. I mean, the raw power is absolutely immense it's insane and he's a 70 runner it's kind of insane like how talented this guy is there is some swing and miss in the profile which i think is the biggest concern with him but if all clicks right like you're looking at a fantasy stud and someone that should easily be number one if if the hit tool clicks because all the tools are that stinking good with elijah green he's a stud but number four for me, I'm going Corbin Carroll. Absolutely love Corbin Carroll. It's nice to see him start swinging a bat again after that shoulder injury. He could be. He could have been already top five right now. Uh, he was on. He was off to a good start this past season before that injury. Uh, obviously, never a good time for that injury. But he was really starting to take off. You know, the helium was at an all time high for him. But I think he can get back to that lofty level. Could be a top five prospect by you know mid-season or so that's the type of player the type of talent corbin carroll is double plus runner plus hitter developing power could be six five seven hit power speed type of guy could be a guy that's looking like 15 to 20 home runs 30 plus deals high average as like a leadoff hitter with power absolutely love the profile high higher floor than most as well because of that hit tool that i mentioned and the approach is very solid as well 
Uh, so love Corbin Carroll, number four for me. Chris, who you got at four? All right. You already talked about him, but he's my favorite player in next year's draft class. That's Drew Jones. I think Drew Jones is an absolute stud. I think that when you look at Elijah Green, you look at Drew Jones. There's some similarities with how explosive they are. Jones just feels a little safer. I think that the, the contact skills are there right now, and Green has those question marks to an extent. But you you talked about Jones. He's an elite. He's elite in the field. He's an elite bat. He does everything well. He's extremely well-rounded in just the whole package. And he's like your prototypical baseball player coming from, obviously, what, in my opinion, should be a Hall of Fame father in Andrew Jones. But Agreed. Yeah, he he does everything well, and he's a protege. He's got the, the frame that you want to see, kills the ball, hits it with authority. Everything he does extremely, extremely well. So Drew Jones here at number four. Man, I'm telling you, this 2022 draft class is fun. Ooh, fire. Red hot fire. I'm Now I'm trying to figure out who's your top three. I know two of them. <laughs> Maybe. I'm struggling on the third. Uh, we'll it might be that guy, but I don't know if you're that high on him. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Number, th- number three for me, I already talked about. You already talked about him. My boy. I have a lot of boys. Uh, Robert Hassel the third. Bobby Barrels. I think he's going to be – I think it's actually going to be kind of similar to – Corbin Carroll, maybe not quite the speed of Carroll, but I think Hassel could be like a 25 steal guy, high average, high OBP. Maybe he has a little more pop down the road than Corbin Carroll. I think this kind of there's still some projection left for both of them, so we'll see how they kind of d- develop in that regard. But this could be like a 20 homer, 25 steal. I think he's tailor me for the number two spot in the order. Get on base with a high clip, score a crap ton of runs. Uh, just to be an absolute, like, you know, five-category fantasy star. So, Hassel, number three for me. Chris, who's your number three? All right. And maybe this is the one you, you don't know. I'm assuming you know the top two. But this is Khalil Watson, number three. Oh, that's what I was missing. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. I, I thought it might have been Jordan Lawler, but I'm like, I don't think you're that high on Jordan no. Lawler. No, lower on Lawler. Khalil Watson, I mentioned – I may have to adjust my FYPD ranks based on this this process because – you know, Watson just does a lot of things well. His bat speed is absolutely explosive. Insane bat speed. I think he's going to get to power pretty quick. Again, he's smaller like Tamar Johnson, 5'9", 180. But Watson does a lot of things well. He hits the ball hard. He doesn't chase often. Makes good contact. I think the hit tool is coming around. So I think that he'll be a solid field to hit. He's got good speed as well. So he's got he's going to steal bases. I think he's just the total package, and yeah, it, it's interesting this top three here, and, and you you know the other two, I think, based on kind of what you said, and I think, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested to see who, I know who you have number one, I'm pretty sure, but yeah, this is a this is a really fun group, and I think Watson can easily, like with all these guys, they're, they're all talented enough to crack, to be anywhere in this top ten, but Watson, I think, just is going to surprise some people, I, I'm a big fan of what he does, and I think he's just a ball player, man, and that there's something about those guys like him and Drew Jones are just just gamers that that gives them the edge, and I think Watson just has that edge as well. So Khalil Watson here at number three. I wonder where are the no the Braves have a late. There's no way Drew Jones falls. Never mind. I was like nah. that'd be great if Drew Jones can um, go to. I think Drew Atlanta. Jones is going one one. Honestly, he could go one one. Who's was yeah. it? Wait a minute. Is it Arizona? No, Arizona got one one. No, Baltimore. Texas. Who got yes. one one? I'm having a brain cramp right now. Uh, I think it's Baltimore. Is it Baltimore? Okay. Uh, maybe yeah, I'm wrong. 
I think yeah, maybe Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore one, Arizona got two. Yeah. And then Texas three. Yep, you're correct. Baltimore, Baltimore and Arizona had the same record, but Baltimore yeah. had the tiebreaker. They were both like what 54 and 108, I think it was, right? 52 and 110. Oh, <laughs> even, even worse. <laughs> yep. So you go Baltimore, Arizona, Texas, Pittsburgh, Washington, Miami. I think Miami's going to load up again. Uh, Pittsburgh too, like Pittsburgh's a system yep. on the rise too, and yep. Ben Charrington doing a great job there as he always does with player development. Back when he was with the Boston Red Sox, they had one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. So, not surprising he's done a great job there in Pittsburgh. But my number two is I think the guy that you think is my number one, and that's <laughs> Noel V. Marte. This was so tough. Like I said, these top three, I it was internal struggle to rank these guys one, two, three. Changed it several times. Uh, but obviously everyone knows how much, how high I am on Marte. He's my number three overall right now. Uh, even ahead of Riley Green, who's my number four. Uh, I think he's going to be maybe not quite Bobby Witt, but I think he could be like 95% of Bobby Witt. That's a big power speed threat. He's six. He's only six one, but really solid frame projection for more bulk. He already had a great power speed blend this year at 28 doubles, 17 home runs, and 24 steals, only caught seven times. Again, that was at low A and high A, mostly at low A, but I don't think, like, maybe he's not a 30-plus steal guy, but with him, there's definitely – it's not right off the speed just because it was low A. Like, there's good speed in Marte's profile. I think he's going to be yeah, maybe a 15 to 20 steal guy, uh, average to above average speed long term, even if when he bulks up. He's still only 19 years old. I think he could be a 25-plus, maybe even a 30-homer bat. He's shown a good feel for hitting, too. Walk rate was well over 10%. K rate was kept was kept in check a little over 20%. So no real concerns there. It's just if that hit tool gets to where I think it could be, where it could be above average, I think he should be an absolute, you know, fantasy star from the shortstop. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if he's that shortstop though. Maybe he moves over to third. Maybe he's a corner outfielder. We'll see. But for right now, he's a shortstop and a damn good offensive one. So Marte is my number two. Chris, who you got it to? I got Noelle Marte at number two as well. Right. Don't have a lot to add, but I do. We we saw him in Arizona. Actually, he was in the stands for a couple of the the AZL games, and he's already jacked. Like, I, there's there's he's more in the frame. Strong. Yeah, but he's a jack dude. You know, he tried to kind of stay under the radar, like had his hood on and stuff. I like, didn't want to see a lot, have a lot of people see him. But yeah, I mean, I I echo everything you said. I think he's an absolute stud across the board. I do think the stolen bases probably ticked down, but like you mentioned, a ten to fifteen stolen base guy is still a very solid player, yeah. and I, I think he's a future six, like pretty easily type player. So he's a stud. Got him at number two as well. Let me hit my number one, and I'll go back to you to finish it out. Let's do it. Do, who do you think my number one is? I think it's going to be Corbin Carroll, right? It is Corbin Carroll. You got I was like, okay, correct. I was like, process of elimination. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think you've mentioned Carroll yet. Yeah, I have not mentioned Corbin Carroll. He is my number one. God, I'm telling you, if we had seen a full season from him, this year, I honestly think that he might already be pushing the top. Top, he, he's right there with Wit and um, J Rod, in my opinion. If he played the whole year, I think he's I a agree. stud. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got more power than people give him credit for. Like maybe, arguably, a seven hit, seven speed, and above average power. Like this is a complete stud. Like there's no one to com- Like there's no fair comp for Corbin Carroll, in my opinion. He's just his own unique unicorn, and he's a stud player. He's got the – and a smaller guy as well, 5'10", 165, but 
I mean, a ton of tools, ton of gap power, on-base skills, speedster. Like, I think he's like a, a 20, 30 type player that hits 300, and those are hard to find. So I think Corbin Carroll's a stud. He's a high floor, high ceiling type player. So for me, it's pretty easy to have him in this one spot. Like, honestly, I didn't have a ton of debate with him and Noel V. Carroll's the safer bet. I think the the ceiling's there as well. So Corbin Carroll, absolute stud, stud fancy prospect. Go buy low on him. What a great time to buy low when he hasn't hardly played this year. I mean, he he played seven games before he got hurt. Him and PCA both, you can go get cheaper yeah. than they're worth, in my opinion. And he's a stud, and go get him. I'm telling you, he's, he, if you listen to this, you should you should know you should go get Corbin Carroll at this point. <laughs> Yeah, if it's ever a time to buy low on a top 10 caliber prospect, it doesn't have to, these types of buy low windows and these types of prospects does, just don't happen that often. So you have, even if it's 98 cents on the dollar, you can get him for a guy that maybe you have ranked a handful of spots lower. You know, go try to do something like that. Love Corbin Carroll. Obviously had him very high as well. Definitely think number one is in his future with that, with that profile, very safe profile, as Chris mentioned. So, Chris, I'll see if you've been paying attention. Who's my number one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, I, I've been trying to think through, and I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Him and I, sh- our, our first name is starts with the same letter. Elijah Green. There we go. I yeah, This is it might be bold. Um, I mean, not, not that bold. Nah. What did you have, Green? Like five, what was it? Yeah, Number I got six? him five. And the, the tools are completely there. I mean, he has... Yeah. He has the best tool set of any of these players. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think he could be like, remember, I think I was saying about uh, Benny Montgomery. I think he's Benny Montgomery with a better hit tool. Yeah. There, there's some chase, you know, uh, pitch recognition issues, some chase issues, as Chris mentioned, K rate was a little higher than you'd want to see from a high schooler, but, and I don't think he's a plus hitter. I've seen, I've seen that as well. I'm kind of in the middle. There's kind of a wide range of where people think his hit tool is. I'm kind of like right in the middle. I think he could be above average. I wouldn't rule out plus. I think it's definitely possible especially if he lands in the right org. I would love Elijah Green in Baltimore. I think that would be a great fit organization-wise. Future ballpark-wise, would be he could be an absolute – he could be a, could be a stud anywhere, but would love to get him in Baltimore. I think they could do wonders with him. And even if he's just an above-average hit, this is like a 70-power, 70-speed guy. Like, imagine if, like, up, Justin Upton you – know, like, remember early career Upton? I think he could be like yeah. that, but even maybe even better. Like, I don't know. Like, this, the sky is the limit for Elijah Green. He's in the running for, num- for number one overall in this absolutely loaded 2022 class. Like, we're going to have some fun. Like, we're already talking about this class now. Uh, was it like seven, eight months before the draft? <laughs> Just wait till we get closer, get into the spring, get, you know, more data and, you know, live, you know, video on these guys with their high school or college. It's going to be a fun spring and summer talking about the 2022 draft class. So, yeah, Elijah Green, love him. I think he has the highest upside of anybody in this list. I think you probably agree with that as well, Chris, from what you were saying. So, yeah, the hit tool comes along. He's going to be a stud, like no doubt about it. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, let's quickly recap our 25, and we will also post these on our Patreon as well. Uh, 25 to 1 for me, Kobe Mayo, James Triantos, Mick Abel, Kevin Alcantara, Reginald Preciado, Yuri Perez at 20, Edbert Perez, Jay Allen, Daniel Espino, Harry Ford, Tremar Johnson, Benny Montgomery, Khalil Watson, Dylan Cruz, Marcelo Mayer, Christian Hernandez at 10, Veen, Drew Jones, Jordan Lawler, Chase DeLauder, Luis Matos at 5, Corbin Carroll 4, Robert Hassel the third 3, Nolby Berté 2, Elijah Green 1, 
Chris, why don't you recap your top 25? All right, 25, Max Clark, Chase DeLauder, Brock Wilkin, Daniel Espino, Jackson Job, 20 down, Victor Acosta, Kobe Mayo, Ellie De La Cruz, Marcelo Meyer, Pete Crow Armstrong, 15, Luis Matos, 14, Davison De Los Santos, 13, Jordan Walker, Dylan Cruz, Zach Veen, and 10 to 1, Christian Hernandez, Tamar Johnson, Nick York, Brady House, Robert Hassel in the top five of Elijah Green, Drew Jones, Khalil Watson, Noel V. Marte, and Corbin Carroll rounding out at number one. And you can find these written on our Patreon at patreon.com slash toolshed. Absolutely. You just threw me for a loop. You, I thought you said a name Tony Down. I'm like, who is Tony Down? I didn't remember <laughs> Sounds like the Tony next Down. great prospect. I know. The next unheralded prospect. Go out and buy Tony Down in, in, in Dynasty Leagues. But that is going to wrap us up. That was an absolute blast to record. I remember we had a lot of fun doing this last year. And we did it like last October or November. We'll do this again annually, as Chris said. This was a lot of fun. We hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone for listening again this week. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clay. I am at Aircrust04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at FantraxHQ.com or over on our Patreon, like where, where we have just a ton of content pumping out. So go check out that. A lot of fun on the Discord as well. Live rankings. A lot of good stuff there. And join us again next time on this podcast for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. following is an actor portrayal with kindly assisted living and memory care at asbury methodist village in montgomery county you can anticipate more but don't take our word for it my dad moved to kindly and loved it his apartment was spacious sunny and overlooked parkland it was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at kindly enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services too visit kindly at asbury.org today equal opportunity housing provider